0: Hey guys, this is Olivia and Isaac. We just wanted to take this time to say Black Lives Matter. They have always, they have and always will matter. Flyover Film Show stands with our black brothers and sisters. We see you, we support the fight for justice. We acknowledge our privilege as white individuals and we will use that privilege and our platform to support black people. We know that we will never be able to understand the pain, suffering and intergenerational trauma black people have endured for centuries in this country.
1: We vow to have open ears and closed mouths when you speak. We vow to educate ourselves on racial issues in this country, such as systemic racism, police brutality, redlining, and so many more. We vow to stand up against the microaggressions our white friends and family say or do in private or in public. We will not tolerate any hate or discrimination in our personal lives, places of work, or on our podcasts. And we will challenge all our listeners to do the same. Black Lives Matter.
0: Our next series is going to be very different from Scott Pilgrim, which is fun, lighthearted. Uh, we're going to move into focusing on HBO's The Watchmen. And we had already chosen this as our next series, but we feel like even now how much more timely it is. And so it it covers a lot of weighty uh, themes that that we haven't really discussed yet, but Isaac and I are very much looking forward to discussing those things. We are looking forward to the guests where we're going to have to discuss those, those themes. And we hope you guys join us in this process to, to support black people, to be advocates for them and fighting for justice and equality.
1: Yes. I couldn't have said it better myself. We are really excited to, kind of embark on this second chapter now that Olivia and I have kind of found our footing um, just in recording these podcasts and the administrative aspects of it. we've got it down and we really feel like this series will be able to to reach people in a unique way and we are ready to do do our part in the fight against injustice and to speak up about things like this. As they happen, because we we can't turn a blind eye anymore. So we're gonna we're gonna do our part, and we're really excited to have you guys listen to Watchmen whenever it comes out at the end of August, I believe. So yes. y'all get ready! And without further ado, here's episode three of Scott Pilgrim.
0: So Isaac, we got a message from someone today who listened to our podcast, which is really cool. Someone uh, listened to our podcast. Yeah, someone that we don't know (laughs) someone that's related to
1: us someone other than us
0: yeah and so i was talking to this person and i asked i asked them what their favorite scene was and the person's twitter account is at the official hada and they said the main scene that stands out to to me is when knives is dyeing her hair and smack talking Ramona with her mate. Love the whole journey of her trying to look like her and trying to act like her when she follows Ramona out of the bathrooms in the club. Can't forget about getting those highlights punched out of her hair though. Favorite quote by far is I didn't even know there was good music until like two months ago, which I mean such a mood for, especially as a high schooler, you know, like
1: I feel like you were constantly, I was constantly discovering good music uh, in high school yeah. and it kept improving but then in college I was like what was I listening to? <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which I think is fair. I often have that same thought of of high school me. I'm like what is what were you doing?
1: Except the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack was something I listened to in high school that was probably the apex but one of the yeah. one of the funny things about that one scene that he referenced is uh, the the dye colors when that brief scene when Knives is standing in the store mm-hmm. and you, you have like literally probably hundreds of different hair color dyes
0: yeah they the didn't
1: yeah they didn't digitize yeah. that at all they just um they had literally that many different selections and it's it's an amazing shot just kind of the uh the level of detail they went into just that yes. i think that scene is like two or three seconds <laughs>
0: it's yeah she stands i think they're looking at it for maybe two or three seconds at the and then it's a like quick cut so yeah
1: yeah so. anyway Cue the intro music. Welcome everyone. I'm Isaac Sims.
0: And I'm Olivia Clement. This is Flyover Film Show, a podcast about movies from the perspectives of two people who live in places oft-forgotten by Hollywood. We keep up with the goings-on in Hollywood, but remain very much grounded in Midwest America. And although we can't just up and move to LA, we can still share our love for our movies, for our favorite movies, with our friends and neighbors.
1: This is a miniseries covering the epic of epic epicness, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, directed by Edgar Wright. Today's episode is about the Scott Pilgrim comics, written by Brian Lee O'Malley, and the ways in which the movies movie is similar and different from the comics. So let's jump in, Olivia. You read this a couple, like a month ago. Whenever we were preparing to yeah. record,
0: yeah, we I read it before we had started recording. Uh, at the time of us recording it now, it was a, like a month or so ago. I think I don't know. Mm-hmm. Time isn't doesn't really exist right now in quarantine, so yeah, I, don't, I think it was about a month. Um, but yeah, so that was the first time I'd read it, and I really enjoyed the comics. Like I thought they were, uh, yeah,
1: cool. I did too. This. Well, uh, whenever you said time isn't, uh, it's hard to keep track of now. It reminded me of Russian doll with uh, Thursday. What a concept!
0: <laughs> what a concept! And then
1: apparently recently, David Lynch did a did a video, and he started out with "Good uh, good morning, everyone." It's uh what effing day is it? And he just like looks <laughs> over at his calendar. Um, so yes, this has been a great thing for us in quarantine. Right. Um, I read these after I saw the movie, so I think I was fifteen. Maybe sixteen. Um, got them from my local library. When was the last time you checked something out at a library?
0: I, I'm ashamed to admit that I do not know. I, I, don't, okay. I don't know. That's okay. It was a high school. It
1: college doesn't count because
0: College doesn't count. Yeah. I think it was it was high like school. Like
1: like voluntarily.
0: Yeah. 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 And that's part of the reason that is uh, for me at least, is because I kind of just stopped reading for fun, uh, in in high school, I think. And it, just really started. To focus- I tend to bury myself in schoolwork, which is not surprising to you, but mm-hmm. to someone who doesn't. Know no, me, I did.
1: The, I did the same thing. I think I read for fun in sophomore year, and that was it.
0: Right. Yeah. So because of I've because of the fact I've been in school for so long, I haven't really been able to read for fun. And mm-hmm. since I've graduated, I've read all, like I think this year I've read seven or so books. Nice. That's good. So.
1: I'm including four or five, maybe. Um, yeah. I yeah. So I got these comics at the library. Um, it sucks that libraries are closed right now. I, I I think that every library across the country is closed. I know the one here is. It's just this segment of funding that you can easily turn off because you don't want people gathering, and it makes sense mm-hmm. because of uh, COVID nineteen. But mo- I have I have actually used our library has an excellent selection of movies. Um, that yeah. I wa- I have watched um, I watched Rushmore and Stoker and just a lot of amazing movies that I that weren't streaming and anyway main main points uh, support <laughs> your local libraries whenever they open again especially if you're a cinephile because I guarantee you they have a good selection of movies that you haven't seen before so
0: that are probably not streaming anywhere and yes won't for a while
1: yes absolutely so I anyway we. Uh, I didn't think we were gonna start like advocating for libraries on here, but um, <laughs> here we are. The these these comics are good. That's one of the things that I wanted to start out with mm-hmm. in this um, in this episode. <clears throat> Obviously, we we love the movie, and one of the things I'm excited to talk about with you, Olivia, is the movie is similar, so similar to. Volumes one through three, mm-hmm. and then starting in Volume four, uh, Scott Pilgrim gets it together. The comics take a very interesting turn that the movie does not explore at all, and it—that's when you can kind of you can kind of differentiate between the two, because as we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode, the movies have the movie has this one kind of central theme, and the comic has this related but a little bit more specific theme that i think is a little bit more powerful than the movie but the movie is still really good so Mm -hmm. if you i think most people have because we i read this in little rock arkansas in the south and you're from the south as well um and so these comics are really popular in canada and they were critically acclaimed especially by volume four um they were getting really big and popular and Brian Lee O'Malley was interviewed by a lot of people and they, they were known not in any of my circles that I knew about, but they were recognized um, nationally and in Canada. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is, I I just love these comics. I'm so excited to talk about them. So I know I've gone on for a little bit, so I'll let you jump
0: in. No, you're good. Uh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed them and I just feel like we should just jump into our discussion about it so yeah
1: let's do it so we already covered when we read these and i would i I feel like most people have were were experiences similar to ours where we watch this movie and Mm -hmm. we're just blown away by it and then realize well it's a comic i'm not a comic person but i could go read this and see what it's like and then our expectations were exceeded so um olivia what are like what are the big differences between Scott Pilgrim versus the world and Scott Pilgrim, the comics six volumes, by the way. So just for, for those who are listening,
0: six volumes. And so I, I think one of the big differences is in the comics, you get more of the backstory of like the high school, like Scott's experiences of high school and college and his relationships at that point. So you see him dating Kim and then also dating, Natalie who turns into envy and so you get to see and you see uh envy kind of develop and change too and so that was a big one
1: um she becomes like a like a major their their relationship is a major um turning point for Scott in a personal way mm-hmm. um yeah so uh
0: something else i noticed was that nega scott shows up way sooner mm-hmm. in the comics than he did in the i mean he's like in the last, like, phantom. five minutes. Yeah. yeah, five minutes of the movie. But then he, he shows up, I think, in volume four? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he shows up in volume four. So those were two big differences that I saw. What What about you?
1: Um, for me, the big differences were just, like, I already hinted at. In volume four, which I think people who are listening to this who haven't read the comics will think this is interesting, but volume four begins in... The summer, and that's in in the mute in the movie. The setting is winter, and it's cold, and it's snowing the whole time. And the you you just get this 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 world. Also, like it's naturalistic, realistic sense, and -hmm. also the weird wackiness of like Scott references skateboard proficiency and like video game terms that somehow apply in some weird metaphysical sense that doesn't apply in our world, and then also. The subspace highway is a huge plot point at at one point. Scott uses it to escape knives chow 's dad, who is trying to kill him for breaking her heart and he 's with Kim in the street like on the street and his dad's and her dad starts coming towards him and Kim with a samurai sword or a katana. And he opens a door to the subspace highway and they like fall through this blackness. And then, and Kim is freaked out whenever they get out on the other side in another street somewhere and they just like, don't say anything. And they just like go, go their separate ways. Um, So it's like, that plays a functional role in the world and it's really fun. And you only get to see it a couple times in the movie.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good point is that it, there, there's so many things that like in the movie, if you have no reference, it's like, this is very odd and weird whereas in the in the comics it makes more sense because they they talk about the subspace highway more and also like the fighting because at one point i think there's a line i think it's either kim or stacy one of them says it of in the first fight between scott and matthew Patelli. so <laughs> one of them goes doesn't this guy know that scott's like the best fighter from high school or whatever and in this
1: region i think yeah in this re- yeah,
0: <laughs> which like is that. like
1: he's on he's on some kind of leaderboard uh, yeah like in so, there so that, yeah.
0: right that mean that means that there's some sort of established storyline with them fighting often enough to that be scott's reputation
1: it's it's just it's just this uh yeah this this world is the world of the movie is or the world of the comics is compressed into the movie and you just get to see more of these weird little ticks Mm -hmm. that you could argue if you interpret the comics a certain way are like uh, Scott and Wallace and Kim and Ramona, they're kind of grappling with trying to be adults. They Mm -hmm. try to like reduce it to like video game terms or all this stuff. Scott does that at one point when he gets a job and he's literally just like prepping food and he says so it's like uh, he tries to use video game terms to Stephen Stills who he's working with and Stephen is just like you're a child why are you doing this so you get a little bit of that um, that's really good and interesting so
0: yeah and and I think it should be noted that for anyone who who didn't know this volume 6 of the series was released a month before the theatrical release of Scott Pilgrim Mm -hmm. so if you if you were to read these first and then watch the movie, it would very much be different. Like the the third act of the movie is very different compared to the last, especially the last volume.
1: Should uh, we should we like explain what happens at the end, or do you think we should just let I, everyone?
0: I personally have that written down coming up in a later question that we address. So. Okay,
1: sounds good. So we'll we'll tease it and kind of for anyone who who does listen, these comics are really good. They're super mm-hmm. fun. You can blow through them in probably two or three hours or eh, like three or four, but we have the color copies and they're awesome. So, but there's also another, an- another thing is you get some meta jokes in the movie. Like when uh, <laughs> they're about to face the Karyanagi twins and they hit them with that first blast of music and steve i think it's steven stills who goes they tore the roof off yeah, it's and, steven. and it's it's like a phrase but they literally tore the roof off because this is this crazy world but mm-hmm. in the comics you get a lot of those a lot of those meta jokes at one point they <laughs> he's about to fight todd and someone said who says it about the someone says we've been here for 41 pages so we need to get going um does scott say it
0: i think so i don't remember. maybe maybe it's like
1: a it's like a narration um
0: it it might be a narration i don't remember who says it but that was that was a good like meta joke of okay let's move on
1: and then there's even a reference to in the comics uh the (laughs) scott makes a comment about her hair and he said has it always been that color or no he says he says what is your natural hair color and she says i don't know i guess this could be it and in the vol- in the issues that we re- we read, there's an asterisk below that says that this joke was a lot funnier when the comics were in black and white, <laughs> <Yes>. which, <laughs> which
0: which was excellent, great.
1: So because you get to actually see your hair color. But anyway, yeah. moving on, Olivia. Yes. This is this is the question I was looking forward to most. Asking you, do you like the comics or the movie more? And kind like- of just explain it a little bit.
0: Okay. Okay. I like the comics more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to be. I I kind of. I feel like. This is pretentious when people say this, even though I'm about to say it. I tend to be the person who prefers the book over the movie, and this is really no different for me. Uh, Even though I saw the movie first and really enjoyed it and still do, the comics really give more depth to to the stories, to the uh, Mm storyline, to the characters that I feel like the movie kind of misses out on at certain points. Um, And you get a, a richer experience of this coming of age story that I don't think has the same amount of room or it's not given the same amount of room to develop in the movie. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, absolutely. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly and I kind of echo what I said earlier and, and what you said in terms of if you loved this movie, you will love the comics Yeah,
0: I agree. because,
1: because what you get in the movies or I keep saying movies, but I think it's because it's movie singular and comics plural. What you get in the, mo- in the Edgar Wright movie is a fast-paced, visually stimulating, overloaded, joke-filled. It's, it's just so hyper-visual, hyper and it appeals to our generation. Mm-hmm. And, and it's awesome, and it's so good. And I feel like we have to skip ahead to that question right now about the main theme of the comics versus the main theme of the movie. Because okay. it it kind of it kind of helps us you know helps us give a more um, cohesive answer to this question of which we like more mm-hmm. because the the comics enhance the movie in the sense that when you read it you get you get this more this more full story and you get this interesting backdrop but the main theme of the movie I think and you can give your your thoughts okay the main theme of the movie is learning to is is that a everyone has baggage and b you you have to kind of forgive yourself of that baggage and in yeah. in in relationships with others but i think the theme of the comics is everyone has baggage and it's but it fleshes it out more and that you have to fight for relationships and and what i mean by that is in the movie scott fights for Ramona, but to a greater extent in the comics, Scott is fighting to grow up. And you don't get that as much in the movie. You ca- you kind of yeah. do, but in the in the comics you get a, many more, especially in volume 6, which is such a great conclusion to his story mm-hmm. and to really to everyone's story and like the people that he has genuine relationships with is just, you know, everyone's affected by everyone's decisions, even if the decisions weren't made directly towards them. Like Steven still's understanding of the fact that Scott cheated on knives in the comics and yeah. he, and it affects his friendship with him because it's mm-hmm. like, I just can't respect that you did that. And right, they, eventually, yeah. they eventually work it out. Um, but it makes, it's just hard for Stephen to see that. So in the, in the comics, it's a much more like growing up is hard and it's emotional and you have to fight to for, for your best friendships and it's hard work and it's worth it in the end, so that's kind of what I see the the differentiating factors between the main themes of the movie and the comics. And I've been talking for so long, I'm gonna let you go.
0: <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. No, I think I I think you made some good points. I I feel like the comics, the main theme, like it, it has a couple different things. I, I feel like it really is about coming to terms with growing up, um, which I think to a certain extent, for a lot of us, we fight that. Mm-hmm. You know, um even though, you know, like you and I are both 25, there are so many th- times where I'm just like, man, if I was like even 20 still, that would that would be, you know, things would be a little bit easier or I wouldn't be so stressed about certain things. Yeah. Or and it's also I feel like the comics is also about learning to apologize to others, um especially those you're in relationships with and also owning your mistakes. I think that that's something that you see Scott do a little bit in the movie. You know, he apologizes to the band as a whole and Mm -hmm. especially to Kim, um, he apologizes to knives and Ramona for cheating on them. But I I think you see that so much more like flushed out in the, in the comics. Um, And and I think something that hits on in the comics that the movie maybe misses in my opinion is that we all have good and bad Mm -hmm. in us and it's learning to, to figure out what that means and to, also see the good in others i think is that Mm -hmm. fair yes
1: um yeah and and you get these really interesting kind of retrospective you know um not not back backpedaling in a good sense in terms of our memories are faulty because there are a lot of times i think it's in volume five or maybe volume five and six where yes people tell scott and and some of it's used to fun like comedic effect because gideon graves even uh has a has a, a interesting or, or like th- this kind of situation where Kim and Envy and Ramona all kind of pose to either Scott or Gideon. What did you, what did you remember about that night? Like this is what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And then they, it shows this flash of them in as little cartoon characters. And they're like, Oh Scott, you're so cute and sexy. And like <laughs> it, and knives too. And mm-hmm. Scott's like, Oh thanks. And, and it's just like a funny, a funny but legitimate interpretation of how specifically men remember things mm-hmm. and just remember the good. And we block out the bad as humans and it's a legitimate thing. So, the, right. yeah. So
0: I was going to add to that, Scott, especially, I think more so maybe in the comic or in the movie, he really sees himself as the hero of his own story, which I, I read somewhere, no, no, no. I was watching an interview with Jason Schwartzman and he was talking to Brian Lee O'Malley because you don't know that much about Gideon, especially from the first like four mm-hmm. volumes. And so and he's like, like
1: a bad dude at the end of, he's like a villain you really do hate, which yeah. I think is another big difference in uh, between the the movies and, the comic right,
0: movie and yeah. the comics. Right, so. yeah. And Schwartzman asked O'Malley like, you know, what what do I need to know about this character? And O'Malley goes, it doesn't matter what like how who Gideon is or like what his heart is behind all this. All that matters is that Scott sees him as the bad guy. Interesting. And and, and that's I think that you can see that very much in this in the comics because at one point it does a flashback to him saving Kim in high school. And then later it's like that's maybe not actually what that's happened. That's
1: not what happened. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And at one point um the oh what we referenced earlier whenever someone says doesn't this guy know scott is like the best fighter in the region mm-hmm. i i wonder if that was actually said or if that's like just kind of how he yeah. he, <laughs> he has experienced that situation
1: yeah. he projected that into right the crowd so. at the rocket yeah the i remember one thing i'm pretty sure this is accurate whenever doesn't doesn't scott say to kim the second time he goes to the chaos theater in the movie i'm sorry about me yes okay so he in the comics he says that to knives when not knives kim whenever she's leaving to go home and so i like that that was translated to the movie and i thought it was translated pretty well but Mm -hmm. at that point in the comics Scott has has undergone a lot of change and hurt and growth and maturity. And at that point when he tells, tells Knives, I'm sorry about me. It means it means a lot more in the context when you have seen him kind of grow in his understanding of how conceited he was and how hurtful he was to her, especially because they were like friends. They weren't just Dating, so that was one thing that I that I really liked, and it's kind of like a, a microcosm of the comics. I'm sorry about me, and getting yeah. to the point when you can say that and right. forgive yourself. So right, right, and ask for forgiveness. So
0: yeah, yes, yeah. All right. So today's episode is brought to you by Ready Set Podcast. They are our producers, and they we really really appreciate these guys. Um, they have prices to fit any budget options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. Makes it really easy to create your own podcast. They work with you. They are just really helpful throughout this whole process. They've been really helpful to Isaac and me. They can help you record, edit, and publish. If you have a podcast idea, they'll give you a free consultation. Uh, just reach out to them on their website uh, at Ready readysetpodcast.xyz ready set podcast turning your brilliant idea into reality
1: thank you ready set podcast for your help and your dedication to getting our podcast going it's been an awesome awesome process and very um we are using a little bit more um a a plan tier that is that works for us and it's awesome and we're really thankful for them so olivia if you yes. were casting Scott Pilgrim as a live action series today that would adhere to the comics, who would you cast as some of the main characters? Did you, uh, we dropped this question in, I dropped this question in <laughs> kind of last minute. So we're going to be shooting from the hit, but I think this would be a fun, a fun okay. exercise to, and, and any, um, uh, director ideas.
0: Okay. Uh, so for Scott I thought Lucas Hedges would be a good idea mm-hmm. he he kind of has that like n- like geeky nerdy look about him not in a bad way I don't mean that like rudely I like that uh, anyway but he's but played I,
1: that character like on Lady Bird
0: right in Lady yeah. Bird. yeah yeah he plays that character in Lady Bird uh, which I think was the first thing I saw with him mm-hmm. in it but I think that he could also pull off maybe that kind of action hero oh yeah that's
1: cool. a great that's a great pick i hadn't hadn't thought about that
0: who did who did you cast as scott i or have no
1: idea um i have no idea <laughs> i i think um i think he's pretty young right now but um the the kid who played henry bowers in it i feel like might oh be yes good a good scott because yeah he, I th- but I think he's in his Henry, teens right
0: now. That's the like the bully, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I saw. I was like looking at actors fairly young, and I saw that, and I was like, he wouldn't be bad. I also thought that maybe one of the Stranger Things kids. I was thinking mm. Nicholas Caleb,
1: Hamilton. That's his name. Nicholas
0: Hamilton. That's his name. Yeah. I think Caleb McLaughlin, who plays Lucas, would be an interesting cast casting for Scott. Mm-hmm. like i realize he it would kind of diverge from the comics but like wh- whatever i think you do a good job so
1: yeah we tweeted that ansel elgort would have, at one point i think he's a little bit he's older now um at one point i think he would have been an excellent choice um for scott pilgrim um going back to lucas he- or yes lucas hedges real quick have you seen honey boy
0: no that's on my to watch list She's i nice. i actually think i might watch it tonight
1: I, um, honey boy is just phenomenal and it is, it is crazy. And he's so, he's so good. Golly. Okay. Anyway, I just, just kind of going on a tangent right there, but <laughs> definitely for those of you who can handle just really heavy, emotional movies, Lucas Hedges and, um, Noah Jupe who p- plays the young version of Shia LaBeouf and then Shia LaBeouf who plays his father and honey boy is just a beautiful movie about forgiveness and kind of some of the coming of age stuff that Scott Pilgrim actually has in common with, which is pretty cool. Crazy. So
0: also speaking of Shia LaBeouf, this is, this would be kind of, I feel like a out of left field casting, but I think if, if we were to redo this in 2010, I think Shia LaBeouf would have been a good Scott.
1: Yeah, I can, I can see it. I could see him as Lucas Lee.
0: Oh, he would. I think he would have really enjoyed to play Lucas Lee. Yes. Like I think that would probably would have been maybe more fun for him.
1: I had for so so one of the big characters that we haven't talked about that is not in the movie is Lisa Miller who was right. friends with Kim and Scott in high school and the entire time she she liked Scott and had a crush on him but he had a thing for Kim and so they never dated but then Kim event or uh, Lisa ends up coming to Toronto and they run into each other and they become friends and they get in the same friend group and there's some tension between Ramona and Scott and Lisa and a couple of so if a couple of I have a couple of actresses who would have been great for her in 2010. Mm -hmm. Carrie Mulligan was uh, 25 in 2010. Karen Gillan was 27 and Jennifer Lawrence was 20. So Jennifer Lawrence would have been like right right at that perfect point of not like just out of high school mm-hmm. and, and pretty young. But um, I really it's, like Lisa's character because she's, she, she's very positive and ambitious and she's kind of antithetical to a lot of the characters Yeah, because she's going somewhere. She's like going to go to Los Angeles and become an actor. And she, she just knows what she wants and she's confident and
0: she's driven and has yes. ambition, which really arguably none of the other characters do
1: when i was reading the comics this time and prep for this episode the one of the thoughts i had was like why would you date like scott is a loser why would you still (laughs) be into him uh especially if you're about to go to la and become an actress and so that was that was just and 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 i definitely feel (laughs) she is that you can see her as that as one of those Mm -hmm. you know actresses gillen mulligan or lawrence uh I don't know who I would cast as her like today. I I don't know. Do you have any okay. thoughts?
0: Yes. Okay. So if, if we were casting in 2010, I was thinking Emma Stone or Amanda Seyfried, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of weird to think about she Amanda imagine, because in my mind, I associate her with Mean Girls, which is a high school movie that came out in 2000. Four,
1: Everyone knows years. what Mean Girls is
0: Well I was just saying it came out in 2004 That's yes, okay. really what I was building up to I'm giving you more um, time Stop it <laughs> uh, Stop it But this movie Scott Pilgrim came out six years later So in my mind I'm like She would have been too old at that point But re- she was the second right youngest Right out of college yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she was the second youngest person From the Mean Girls cast I think she was like 19 or 20 When that movie was filmed So she would have been a good age anyway so if we were casting this today i thought about Elle fanning
1: yes as yeah she would have been
0: yeah great. i think she would have been great
1: ah she's so great have you seen teen spirit yeah okay Love yeah
0: teen we have talked spirit. about it so good
1: movie so good it is good who would be who would be a good ramona be another uh, sorry i'm jumping in no go ahead ramona gets fleshed out a lot in the comics as well which is yeah. really awesome um her you kind of un- this is another thing that's a little bit what what you can't kind of unsee it once you read the comics and then watch the movie again but Ramona and Scott defeating Gideon together in the comics is about them confronting their past in equal measures which i really liked it's yeah. kind of her her saying you you don't have control over me anymore i'm not going to let my guilt rule me anymore and scott isn't really scott isn't really um sorry scott isn't really fighting him to have ramona he's fighting him to help ramona be free which i love and you don't you don't get that quite in the movie but it's okay because the movie is still you still get kind of those like coming of age themes <laughs> and the movie is not not to a fault but it is about scott getting ramona and 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 getting to the end of the hero's journey to get the girl and be with the girl, which is good. But I just like the way that the comics are kind of a metaphor for past relationships and all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So who would you cast? As Ramona? Yeah.
1: Oh, I don't know. Do you have anyone in mind?
0: Uh, so I thought about it. Um, I feel like Haley Steinfeld would be interesting. Yes. Um,
1: Do you, she's one year younger than us, which is so crazy to think about.
0: She's, she's very well accomplished. Yes. Um, much, she was much more than either of us. <laughs> much more than either of us. Uh, but that's okay. We went different routes.
1: What is your favorite Haley Steinfeld movie?
0: Uh oh. What is that? Not it's my favorite, and I can't remember the title of it now. Um, the one where she's like a high schooler with Woody Harrelson. Edge of Seventeen edge of 17 i know something 17. i think that's my
1: favorite movie i think
0: that might too. be my favorite although she is in into the spider-verse which i is one of my favorite movies of all time mm.
1: so she's excellent
0: yeah so i, I thought think, she would she would be a cool ramona
1: i think um hayley seinfeld's so great honor swinton bird who is or burn honor swinton burn is tilda swinton's daughter and she was in a movie last year called the souvenir which is one of my favorite movies of all time and she's excellent and she hasn't been in very many mainstream things so i'd love to see i want to she will be in a lot of some blockbusters and big roles and that kind of thing so i think she would be great i'm trying to i'm trying to brainstorm and kind of think about some more people claire foy might be great
0: she how old is she i don't know
1: let me look in my head i think she
0: she might be a little too.
1: I think she's in at least in her thirties. She's. 36. I think she's in her thirties. Okay, yeah, no.
0: but I think that she.
1: She doesn't look thirty-six though.
0: No, she does not. Um, I also think Journey Smollett Bell would be a good idea. Yeah, that was think, one of the
1: things that we haven't really talked about. But not even—I don't think even in the comics any black people are represented as I, characters. Am I, don't I wrong? A,
0: no, I don't think so. I don't think there's a single, and, and I realize it's Canada, but there are black people in Canada.
1: Yeah. I, I, so, I, Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that just, I'm not saying that it's problem. It is. It, I'm not saying that it's problematic, but I'm right. It's more just, I'm wondering why, um, why? So
0: yeah. Anyway, which I don't know, maybe when O'Malley wrote this, there wasn't anyone in his maybe immediate circle that was black.
1: That's true. I, don't know. I think um, Riley Keough would be awesome. She's in Logan Lucky and, under the Silver Lake and Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, okay. I think she would be, she'd be pretty good as Ramona. What about Wallace? I, who would you cast as Wallace? If this was going to be a comic esque adaptation, I love real quick, the friendship between Wallace and Scott in the comics. It's, mm-hmm. it's very palpable and you get a deeper sense of you. Ha- you have little moments where they leave their landlord's apart or a landlord's office to talk about their lease and then they just go like, all right, see you later. And they just walk separate ways and you get mm-hmm. little moments of insight into their friendship and how, how much Wallace hates Envy and uh, how much he, she hurt Scott and just all this stuff. It's so, it's so great.
0: He, yeah. I think he's a true friend.
1: Mm-hmm. Adam Driver.
0: Adam Driver. Um, I think Lucas Jade Zuman, who plays in 20th century women
1: as yes. Annette Bening. Oh, ben- that Beddings. movie's so yeah, good. Yeah,
0: Yes, I think that he would make a good Wallace. I also think he might be a little too young. But Noah Schnapp, that plays Will in Stranger Things, mm-hmm. I think he would be an interesting Wallace. Like I yes. think that that would be. Anyway, those are those are my castings.
1: Yes, um, that would be. I think that we should do something like that on Twitter, where we just do some kind of casting casting uh, poll, if you will, and just kind yeah. of say like hey who would you who would you cast and see see what what kind of response we get so yeah also the the one we tweeted with Ansel Elgort I feel like uh or the picture we tweeted and I said hey he would have been an interesting Scott Pilgrim at a certain point in time I think the main reason I picked that picture is because he's wearing this striped shirt that's just like so vanilla and he just (laughs) looks like like a normal dude which is Scott is the everyman so
0: yeah not not the model movie star that Ansel Elgort is.
1: Exactly. great. Right. Um, so what scene, I know we got just a couple minutes, but what scene from the comics would you have liked to see on the big screen, Olivia? You go and then I'll go.
0: Okay, okay. Um, I think that seeing, oh, I don't know. You go first. Pick Pick your top, which one you would have liked to see.
1: I would have really, I would have really liked Sorry. to see, it's okay. I would have really liked to see the scene in Honest Ed's when they have to it's it's technically the fight between todd and scott or they run into honest eds and this is it's this riff on extremely bland shopping malls and they start to go crazy and todd's vegan powers explode and destroy the building it's so (laughs) funny and silly and just this riff on suburban lifestyle so i would have loved to see some kind of joke like that
0: okay i i the scene that i have decided to go with is the scene in which he goes and visits kim after kim moves away Mm -hmm. um and she moves back in her parents which like been there still there it's relatable um great scene he realizes oh i am not the hero that i thought i was and he has to like come to terms with himself and like his, his shortcomings and so he really has to learn how to Accept responsibility, which I, was probably one of my favorite scenes from the comics.
1: Mm-hmm. So, which character was done dirty when a, the movie was adapted to the big screen?
0: I think I think the and Naga twins really just got the short end of the shaft there. Yeah. Um, but I think they got shafted. They got shafted
1: by a short shaft.
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said shaft. Please excuse me. I'm I'm gonna go. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.
1: We, yeah, just. This anyway, is this signing off. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. continue. <laughs>
0: uh but I think that Ramona's character development was really uh underdeveloped in the movie.
1: I agree. I think I think Ramona and Kim. Kim yes, is I think an Kim awesome well. character in the comics. And she is great in the movie. We love Alice and Bill. We love Mary yeah. Elizabeth Winstead. It just, you know, leaves a big, you know, what if, mm-hmm. if uh, this had been a series, if Netflix had been around. I think uh Scott Pilgrim might have been not as much of a a box office failure. Who knows? Who knows? We talked about that last week. So uh, do you like the end of the comics or the movie better?
0: I like the end of the comics better.
1: Me too. It's very, Uh, it's very, very sweet and it's very kind of tender and it's a love letter to people who were just like us who were just kind of growing up and trying to figure out how to be adults and reconcile with mistakes that we've made. Mm -hmm. So it's awesome. And I will tweet the final shot where scott and Ramon are kind of falling into the subspace highway and it's just really pretty and sweet oh yeah
0: yeah love it it saying the
1: same words over and over again but it's so great and it makes us happy so
0: yeah i yeah i I think that it's a great way to just show you like you have to come together in relationships yes like if you guys are going to make it work you're gonna have to come together
1: so yes absolutely well we have 20 seconds to wrap up so i'll just Take over real quick. Next week we're going to be discussing the soundtrack of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna have our top 10. This is Isaac from Arkansas signing off.
0: This is Olivia from Oklahoma signing off.
1: And this is, or this has been Flyover Film Show. Bye.
0: Bye.